Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. I'm not one to brag or self-promote my wins, but man, am I sure damn proud of celebrating our one-year anniversary for the podcast. This is our 52nd episode, and I want to thank our producer and the post-production team for all the hard work. It really does take a village. Okay, now to why you're here, the consumer journey. We talked about this back in episode six, but today we're going to bring on an amazing guest to help us look at the consumer journey from a different perspective. We bring on Ryan Dess. Ryan is the founder and the CEO of The Scalable Company, digitalmarketer.com, recess.io, and a founding partner at Scalable Equity, LLC. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm super excited because you've been in the space for a very long time. Uh, you you trump what I how long I've been in the industry. And one topic that I really appreciate that you're talking about that just doesn't get the coverage that I think it should is the consumer journey and really the digital marketing consumer journey. So let's just start for our audience. Can you define what this idea and this concept of the digital marketing consumer journey and what that looks like? Sure. I mean, so it's simply just a visual representation of how customers happen, right? I mean, it really is as simple as that. It is a visual representation of how a stranger becomes a prospect, becomes a customer, hopefully becomes a raving fan. And we think about this in terms of an assembly line almost, right? It's, it's easy, easy to visualize how a car uh, would be constructed. Uh, I think as marketers, our job is to manufacture uh, delighted and successful customers. And so at its simplest form, uh, you know, a consumer journey or what we call the customer value journey, it simply just documents, it maps that in a visual form. So something interesting that you mentioned is car. I love this example when it comes to buying, uh, when it comes to the consumer journey, buying a car is, is really interesting to, to highlight because it's something that everyone can relate to. And not only can they relate to it, there's so many different versions of what buying a car could look like. Because you could buy a car for your family, for your sibling, uh, spouse, a child. I mean, there's just so many different versions, right? So let, let's let's use the car buying example and let's talk about a consumer journey when it comes to buying a car. What could that look like? Sure. So I think anytime you're going to map a, a, con, a consumer journey, you got to ask yourself, what's the end result that we want? Right. So what's the thing we're selling? Right. And then what's going to happen there? So, you know, you want to know, begin with the end in mind. But then you've got to say, what's the triggering event that's going to cause somebody to enter this? Now, the answer to that question could be, well, it depends. There's a number of things that could happen. And this is what I think is so important. As marketers, when we are mapping customer journeys, it's not one, right? Customer journeys are going to be defined by what's the end result. So your different products or product lines, they're going to have their own you know, journey maps. But also that entry point. You know, if somebody's coming in and they're looking at buying a new car because their kid just turned 16, well, that's going to be a fundamentally different journey and buying experience than, you know, somebody buying a, a, a car because, you know, they got in an accident. Um, and, and it might, and it's going to be different depending on what type of car you sell. You know, it's going to be different if it's a Rolls Royce versus a Honda Accord. So understanding what is the endpoint and what is that starting point? What's a triggering event? That's essential because that's what's going to define everything in between there. You just say, well, then what happens? Then what happens? Uh, but you got to know the beginning and you got to know the end. So let's go into some some details, right? Because I like this idea of triggering, right? What what triggers it? So 
in in the car buying example, let's go. Uh, we need to buy a car for a uh, child, okay, offspring, <laughs> and uh, it's a it's a it's your 17 year old daughter, okay. So let's start with that trigger point. So some sort of trigger point. Uh, I'm going to make up an idea. She got her learner's permit. She just got her license. And uh, mom and dad, me and her, we can't, we, we can no longer drive her. It's not efficient to drive her anymore. We now need to buy her a car. Take it from there. Well, so I, I think you've got to, so now we've, we've identified, which is really step zero almost, right, of the, of the process, who we sell into. Right. So being crystal clear on, you know, who is our customer? Who's our ideal prospect? Um, who's our avatar? I mean, there's a lot of different terms, but you got to know that, right? You, you need to know that. So great. We have decided that we are going to target parents of new drivers. Now we got to ask ourselves, okay, how are we going to reach them? Where do they hang out? How would we intersect that person with our offer? And that's that first stage is awareness, right? So when it comes to awareness, we can generate awareness through, you know, paid advertising. You can generate awareness through search. You can generate awareness through referrals, right? Awareness can take a lot of different forms, but the ideal point of awareness is going to be driven by your who. And so in that case, um, you know, maybe you decide to go with a search campaign and, and you want to, you know, rank for, you know, best cars for 16 year old drivers. Right. So that could be that, that trigger event. Somebody did this search, right? Um, you could decide that no, I'm going to have a, a dancing, you know, a guy in a gorilla suit, you know, spinning a sign in front of the DMV saying, you know, do you have a student driver? Um, you know, come to Al's car lot. Uh, maybe you want to go more the channel route and you want to go out to driving schools in your area and you want to do a co-branded campaign. Again, once we identify our who, then we can simply say, where are they? How do I know they're there and what's the best means to intersect them? But now you figured out step one and there could be multiple of those that, that all then go to the next stage. But understanding that first one is, is step, you know, is, is the first step of the process. You know, it's really interesting how the internet has shaped this consumer journey, right? Because the consumer journey was not what it was 30 years ago, right? It, it's, it's dramatically changed. And so there's just so many different steps to this process at this point. And one of the things that I've, I've leaned into recently, it has been uh, YouTube. So what we're seeing is a lot of, in this case, not necessarily buying a car, but like in other examples, like people who are reviewing products, right? I'm like, hey, is this product good? Is this product bad? And it's like YouTube almost becomes this place in this, like a, a stop point during the shopping phase where it's like, okay, I checked out the product, I liked it, I like the price point, uh, I read a blog post on it, let me do one final check. It's almost like the Yelp of restaurants. It's like, let me go to YouTube and see if anyone's gotten this product and if they liked it. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? So when we think about customer journeys, we break it down into eight stages, right? The first stage is awareness. The second stage is engagement, right? Um, cause you, some, you can become aware of something, but if, if, if this glance doesn't turn into a stare, then the journey is going to end. Um, and so that engagement or re-engagement, right? So somebody was initially aware, maybe they came out to the lot to look around, but they didn't buy, right? That is where things like making sure that, yeah, you're doing YouTube advertising. Cause if somebody is looking for it on YouTube, they're engaged, um, retargeting is even in a post, you know, in an iOS 14 world, right? Doing some form of retargeting so that you can follow up. Um, you know, follow up email marketing. Like all of these things 
are critical for engagement because we know this, right? The sale's not going to occur on the very first interaction. So we need the, that ability to do it. And the beautiful thing about digital is there's just so many new channels where you can intersect after the fact. Um, there's so many other opportunities, whereas in the past, you would have been fully relying upon a salesperson to do a follow-up phone call, uh, you know, or follow direct mail or a postcard or something. But, you know, what you said about YouTube, our single best source of our, our single highest ROI traffic channel is YouTube retargeting, right? Uh, paid. Like, obviously, emails to the house list is going to ROI at the highest. That's not really fair. But if you think about paid channels, nothing generates a higher ROI for us than YouTube uh, ad retargeting. It's brilliant. It, ma it makes a lot of sense because you're watching, you're on YouTube for whatever reason, but you just saw something, but now you have to watch that commercial, right? So it kind of goes back to paid programming TV. It's like you have to watch that commercial before you get to it. So it's like you're forced on it. And if you do a good, effective job in the creative, right? If your creative is interesting and, and, and worthwhile, sometimes I find myself sitting there for longer than the five seconds where I could have sk hit skip already, right? Because I was already interested in the product and I'm, now it's like another really interesting creative. So that that totally makes a lot of sense. So, okay, we talked about this idea of a, a uh, buy as a parent buying this for a child and you brought up some other circumstances. You brought up a, a circumstance where like someone uh, was maybe in a car accident and their car was totaled by the insurance company and they've got this big check that they have to now go and spend and go buy a, a, a car. The buying cycle for, or the buy, or the consumer journey for that, I would assume is less because now there's an urgency, right? The trigger point is an urgency that now, hey, I had my rental, my rental's running out for my car company. I need to go buy another car. Now there's this urgency to buy a car. So maybe can you lean into this idea of how a customer enters or how a customer's trigger changes the consumer journey. Sure. And, 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 uh, one aspect, and you mentioned it, that, that the triggering event, that, that initial stage of awareness. So having clarity around that is so important. It doesn't just, um, inform the, the sales cycle and, and the speed of it. Cause yeah, I mean, somebody who is, you know, has a new driver and you're going through driving school, you know, I, I know I got a 15 year old right? They signed up for driving school when they turned 15. I'm not going to buy them a car until they're 16. He's talking about a year, right? That sales cycle is going to be a lot longer than the person who got into the car accident and they need a new car now because they can't get to work, right? Obviously, it's going to inform the sales cycle. The other piece that it's going to inform, and this is so incredibly important, is the messaging. When I see um, marketers, when they are, are putting together a generic customer journey, so people see this ad and then they come to the lot, and then they do this, what they fail to do is they fail to have consistency of messaging throughout the journey based on the triggering event. So that triggering event that got them there, obviously the way that you're going to talk to somebody who has a, you know, buying a first car for a 16 year old is fundamentally different than the way that you're going to engage and talk to somebody who got into a car accident. I mean, maybe they're both interested in safety, but you know, I mean, just the tone the the language that you use and as a salesperson like so if the marketers can say we got somebody coming on the lot today and here was the ad that they responded to the ad they responded to was you know just got that insurance payout and need a new car talk to them about that here's your scripting i think marketers need to get involved in the entirety of the customer journey not just the initial awareness and engagement if, if you've got a sales motion marketers should be providing the salespeople with the messaging so that 
what they saw in the ad is consistent from the phone call to the conversation to everything throughout. So it informs timing. It also informs messaging. So let's let's go, let's change gears slightly here. Why don't you talk about a client that you can talk about? We don't need to need another brand. We just want to know what industry they're in. And let's talk about a some touch points through this consumer journey that we may not have thought to implement or you didn't that that weren't immediately obvious and that they became obvious once you did it. And let's kind of talk about that. If we go back to the stages of the journey, you've got awareness, you've got engagement, um, subscribe is a biggie, right? You've got to capture their contact information so you have the ability to follow up. Um, then we have what we call the convert stage. And the convert stage, this one is really, really important. Um, the convert stage is where you ask the prospect to make a micro commitment, a micro commitment of time or a micro commitment of money. As humans, that's how we show commitment. We show it in our calendars, in our wallet. So it could be as simple as tracking, okay, they actually showed up for this webinar. Like, so let's say we're doing webinar selling, right? Um, selling high-end services or something like that. Somebody registering for a webinar, that's a subscribe stage, check. Somebody actually showing up for it, now they're making a commitment of time. Um, what I see a lot of times when you look at these journeys, somebody is basically going from awareness all the way to the ascend stage where it's like, hey, nice to meet you, let's get married. And they wonder why it doesn't work. Well, if you look at the journey, there's two stops along the way. Hi, nice to meet you. Two, let's get married, right? That's why it's not working. So bringing in the convert, like the subscribe stage, so you have the ability to follow up and that convert stage so that you get that micro commitment, that confirmation that it's okay to ask for, this, for the order. But there's one in between the convert stage and the ascend stage where you ask for the order and then you do upselling. And that's the excite stage. And the excite stage is the one that everybody forgets. That is, how do we know, like what must this prospect do, this customer do to let us know that they're, they're into it, they're excited. Uh, and the best example I can give you is from Tesla, right? And this is not a client. Um, I, I don't have Full transparency. I'm not, not on a client. Agency. <laughs> yeah, not a client. Uh, I don't even have clients. I'm, I, all, the only marketing work that I do is for my portfolio companies that, that we own. But the, um, but I, I can tell you what it was as a consumer. Um, so have you ever done a test drive with Tesla? No. So if you do it and it's worth doing because it's fantastic, I, I assume that they still do this. So you go and you do a test drive and it's like a normal test drive, right? So awareness, okay, it's a big brand. Everybody's aware of it, you know, engagement that maybe they've been looking on YouTube and checking out Tesla's, you know, subscribe stage. They go online to book their test drive and their appointment. They actually show up for it. Uh, now we've got convert because there's that commitment of time and you're doing the test drive. So the test drive for Tesla is that convert stage in the customer journey. But when you do the test drive, what they have you do is this thing called a launch. And a launch is where they take you off to a back road and they just have you floor it. And you feel what like zero to 60 in you know, two seconds feels like, right? But something happens. The salesperson will look at you after you do this. And I experienced this. And they say, pretty kind of like having your own roller coaster, huh? Pretty cool, right? And when you go, yeah, that's when they know we've triggered the excite stage. That is script. And so in any customer journey, there is that moment when the aha, you know, the aha happens, right? And so if you can identify in the sales process, and it's easier to do if it's face-to-face, -face, 
right? But it's when I ask this question, if they respond in the affirmative, we got it. You know, when we do this and they do this, we got it. Online, it's a little bit tougher um, if you don't have the direct, but you could say when they get to this stage, right? If they complete this much of the process, we know they're excited. Clearly something has happened to show us that they are excited, but tracking and measuring that I found is actually more predictive than even some initial sales to find out, is this going to be a, a high average order value sale? And is it going to be a sale that sticks? So don't, don't neglect the excite stage. You know, it's really interesting talking about the parallels from in-person to online. They exist. We just got to draw the parallels and figure out how to create the same environment, but create it on the online digital version. Generate that excitement. You know, I think you're doing something really special uh, with Digital Marketer. And I, I, I hope I can get access to this uh, when it comes out. But you have a, a consumer journey template, and I'm dying to get my hands on this. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's a simple, you know, we call it the one page marketing blueprint um, because I truly believe that for every business, the very first step is visualize how customers happen until you visualize, until you document, you can't optimize, right? That's the key, right? You first have to visualize, then you can optimize. And to make this easier for folks, yeah, we have produced a, a tool. It's totally free at digitalmarketer.com. Um, and it is our customer value journey template. It is the same one that we use uh, at Digital Marketer that we use for our portfolio companies. Uh, to visualize customer journeys. What I will simply tell you is if you, you know, when you go and, and register to get it, print out multiple copies, get multiple copies because no business should just have one journey, right? No business should just have, have one journey, have them and then go through. And when you're building your metrics and your dashboards, like come up with not just vanity metrics, but okay, for this first stage, how do I know this is working? And for this next step, how do I know this is working and build dashboards around that so that you can figure out where the bottlenecks in the journey. And that's what informs your optimizations, right? That's how, that's all we do like that. It is as simple as that. We document the journey. We track by stage in the journey. We optimize the bottlenecks and the bottlenecks move around and we just keep going. Um, that that's our whole process. So yeah, uh, at, at digitalmarketer.com, uh, you can download it totally free. Amazing. And you guys heard it here first, digitalmarketer.com. You can download this template. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really had a great conversation here with you. I know this will not be your last time on Growth Hack, so we look forward to having you soon. Thanks for having me.